Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining you once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Uh, I got a pretty loaded pod for you guys. Uh, this past week, Richie was down in Fort Myers for the City of Palms tournament. He got to see Ace Bailey and Dylan Harper face off live. He got to speak with both of them after the game. So we'll go into that. Uh, we'll talk about this NIL article that's kind of shocked the Rutgers fan base and give our take on everything. And then we'll preview the Mississippi State game tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, I'm sorry. Um, up at uh, The Rock in Newark. Um, but first off, Rich, you were down in Florida, like I said. You saw Ace Bailey and Dylan Harper in person playing against one another. What uh, what was the event like, and what were your uh, your just general takes on how both Ace and Dylan played? Yeah, so there there was um, one, two, three, four, five games that day, I think it was. Maybe six. I don't even can't keep track anymore. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, it was kind of dead when I first walked in, and that was for the Long Island Lutheran game versus Westminster Academy. And Long Island Lutheran is like number two in the country, so I figured um, <clears throat> figured to be a better crowd, um, and there really wasn't. So I was just kind of shocked by that. And then all of a sudden, you just see fans starting to flock in and flock in to see Ace and Dylan, and it's it's kind of crazy because this is in the middle of Fort Myers in the middle of December. Um, it's and there was a ton of Rutgers fans too. Um, Shout out to one of our members who actually uh, recognized me and gave me a little like high sign and then kept walking. And I turned around, I'm like, oh, what, does that say Dylan and Ace? Hold on, I need a picture of that. It's got that two-tone Rutgers baseball jersey with Dylan and Ace's numbers on it. And that was uh, that was pretty cool. It was just cool to see. And uh, ironically, it also makes sense. It works out because they're 2024 kids, so you have the two and four, blah, blah, blah. But that was pretty cool. Um, behind center court, there had to be about, 20 to 25 Rutgers fans just sitting there um, from all ages. And it, it was just, there was a lot of red out there. It was a little crazy uh, to see all that it, with what, like five days before Christmas, seven days before Christmas, whatever it was. And uh, down in the middle of Florida to see two Rutgers guys, like you, you just don't see that. And I asked, uh, I asked Dylan about it after the game. And he's like, I, I literally walked in and I was just like, whoa, kind of shocked. There's so much red here. Like this is, this is something. And and Dylan even mentioned, he's like, this is what it's going to be like uh, in college, too. It's, it's people are going to travel to see us. It's uh, it's kind of an eye-opening thing for, for Rutgers fans and, and even the media covering it. Yeah, a lot of Rutgers fans there. Uh, that guy went viral, the, the two-tone jersey <clears throat> you're talking about. I saw you and Brian Fonseca post pictures of it. Yeah. Um, the guy uh, is also a board member, and he was talking about the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, entire Rutgers coaching staff was there as well. Uh, head coach Steve Peichel, and then all his assistants, Brandon Knight, TJ Thompson, Boylan Williamson were there, obviously. Um, Don Bosco ended up winning that game, 75 to 50, I believe. Um, Ace had an incredible first half. Dylan had a bit mm-hmm. of a down first half. Not a, not a bad first half, but uh, Dylan had the much better second half than Ace. Um, what were some of the things that you noticed in their games that kind of stood out to you from both? We'll start with Ace. Um, Ace, it was, it was crazy to watch his first half. It was, he was just something else. Um, he takes a lot of fadeaway shots, which is fine. I mean, 
there was a lot of questionable shots too, and it was just like he hits him, and it's like, what, what the hell is he doing? And, oh, and he hits him. I'm like, holy shit, never mind, take it back. Like, um, he he's just a freak athlete. Uh, his ceiling is just so so high. I think I've I've argued it before on this pod. It might be higher than Cooper Cooper Flags. I don't see the rankings changing at all, but uh, he can do everything a guard can do at six foot ten. Like he's a legitimate six ten too. Um, it's just he could dribble, he could score at will, he can hit the outside shot, he could hit the mid range, and he's just freaky athletic around the rim. Like even in warm ups, I'm watching him do windmills and like crazy dunks and everything, and throwing alley oops to himself off the backboard, and I'm like, holy hell, man! Like this kid has so much talent, it's actually insane. Um, and then Dylan, Dylan's just crafty and, and he's the smarter player of the two. I don't think there's an argument there. Um, he's just very good with the ball and knows where to put it. And he knows if he, if he has to go get a bucket, he can do that. Um, and th- there was some crazy layups he was making too, and with crazy contact. There, there's a picture I have in our photo album I posted where legitimately three guys on McEachern covering him at once. Like, and they're, they're leaving others open because they're like, you can't, you can, they can't stop Dylan. Like, and he had a crazy good second half shooting too. Um, and the the best part of it all, and someone mentioned it on uh on Twitter when we tweeted out the box score, is they're like, oh my god, how excited should I be that they they went eight of eight total for free throws? And it's like, yeah, that's that's huge. Um, but yeah, no, both players are definitely unique in their own manners, and you didn't, you don't really get to see it on social media and stuff like that. Maybe a little bit in terms of like their TikToks and stuff like that, but afterwards like just sitting outside that locker room and just so i think we chatted with them just bsing for about like and it wasn't just me it was me his uh aces guardian uh, maria harper's there uh fonseca a couple other reporters and just watching their language their body language with each other you could tell that these two are like if you didn't know them you'd, you'd automatically assume they're best friends like they are that close with one another and they just make jokes about each other blah 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 and it's uh they're just they're real then they're really good basketball players too and they're both going to Rutgers. it's going to be insane like it's i i can't get over the fact that this is actually happening i know it's hard to believe and it's even cooler when you're seeing like anytime they're on tv mm-hmm. or anytime they're on any kind of big event it's Rutgers, Rutgers, Rutgers. it's going to bring so much positive pr to the Rutgers basketball program for the next year because these guys aren't gonna be on campus for you know almost a year um yeah. Now you spoke to to both Ace and Dylan off after the game. Um, what did both of them have to say afterwards? I know you spoke with Dylan a l- little bit longer, so let's focus on him. Uh, what, what did Dylan say to you after the game? Um, he kind of just uh, I asked him about the game. Number one, what'd you see? How'd you do? Credits credits his teammates above all. Um, I actually I have a really good photo and I had a photo album too of him uh, him and Ace trash talking each other on the court. And I was like, what? so what was said in that? He goes, Nah, that was nothing. It was nothing. We're, we're, we're boys, like. <laughs> It's fine. Like we just get into that that mode when we're on the court. It's just a little different. Um, he goes. We, he knows we're just messing with each other. But yeah, he um he was just very positive talking about Rutgers and the future, and he's he's excited to see these stadiums filled with people. Uh, he was shocked by the the Rutgers baseball jersey, which we just talked about. He he said he he saw it and he was like, "That's got to be custom. Like how how the hell did you get that? Like and mm-hmm. no, yeah, no shit, it's custom. Uh, but uh." <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just he was very positive about talking about Rutgers. He um very excited the whole coaching staff came to see him. Uh even post game, like uh Pike and Knight um were giving him handshakes and you saw the video I think we tweeted. Um didn't get yelled at for that, so that was that's pretty good news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Brian. Uh it happens from time to time. But Brian did retweet it, so um, There you go. Yeah, so 
I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, he was just super positive about Rutgers and talked about how excited he is to get to, to Rutgers. Like, it's it's going to be fun to watch these two play because their skill sets complement each other so much. And it's going to be interesting to see. And they, they're just super nice with each other. Like, these are like, usually you get teammates and they're like, they're, they're close, whatever, and that's fine. Or future teammates, I should say, recruits. But these two are like this, I'm telling you. Like, they are closer than any set of recruits I've ever seen in my entire life. And that includes the, the Lumen brothers, who are legitimate brothers, the Melton brothers, <laughs> who are legitimate brothers. These two are closer than actual, like, uh, brothers. Like, it's insane. They are very close with one another. Yeah, no, that's, it, I can't wait to see it. And it helps to play so many times together as well. Like, a lot of the times when you're coming in to a summer, you know, training session for basketball, it's trying to, like, just, mm-hmm. you know, see, you know, get comfortable on the court with each other, um, see, like, you know, where they like to get, you know, their shots up on the court. But these guys have played together at so many camps, so many games. You know, they played together in AU at different points. Mm-hmm. They're going to know and have that chemistry basically from day one, and it's more about those two and the rest of the team kind of gelling together rather than uh, them feeling each other out along with the rest of the team. So that's always yeah. a, a help uh, for there, sure. There was some talk, too, that um, they might be playing together again at, in an AAU-type setting. It's That's not, pretty it's not sick. like an EYBL type thing, but they did it once with AOT. Sounds like they might do it again. Wow. And this is in, uh, this McDonald's All-American you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, sick. That's what it sounds like. Um, it sounds like. It, it, it really depends because now it's weird. So there's like so many different All-American events. Yeah. So obviously there's like McDonald's. Jordan Brand. Yeah. yeah. I think Iverson runs one too or something yep. like that. So I, I think it sounds like whatever one... They get select, they're going to get selected. They're two and three in the country. Uh, yeah. Whatever one they want to go to, it sounds like they're going to go together. Um, now, it's not official yet, but that was the talk of the, the media room, I guess, if you want to call it that. Nice. So uh, stay tuned for that because it's another, I mean, they should go play whatever events they want. Let me just no, put yeah, that out there. But if you play the biggest one, which is typically McDonald's, I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to just be, especially if we're on the same team, that's yeah. a two-hour infomercial on ESPN for Rutgers basketball. Exactly. And I um, think, is it still at the Garden? It used to be at the Garden. I think it is. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I believe it's played at the Garden. So New York City Garden. <laughs> fans will get to see them. Yeah. And well. from what I understood, there was 40 um, passes put in by NBA scouts for the City of Palms event. Correct. Uh, I know you spoke to a couple NBA scouts. What did they have to say about both Ace and Dylan? And obviously, you don't have to name names. You'll keep it anonymous. Yeah, no. But... Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely can't do that because um, they're technically not allowed to talk about the high school kids, apparently. <laughs> which is weird. Yep. Like, you can go to the game, but you can't talk about it. I, I thought that was odd. But um, it is odd because almost every lottery pick is 18 or, or 19, I'm sorry. So they have yeah, to play so one year of college. So Very odd. But um, before, uh, real quick, before we get past this McDonald's thing, uh, you know who sponsors McDonald's now? Mm-hmm. Adidas? Yes. Yeah. So that would make sense. Make a lot of sense right there. But uh, yeah, no, anyway, they um, they hyped up Ace more than anything. Um, it's just his skill set, his athleticism. I'll, I'll read it all for you because it's going to come out tomorrow, I think. Um, basically, Ace can be as practical. Ace can be as good as he wants to be. Ace has the potential size, ball skills, shot, athleticism that can make him, if it all hits, among the most valuable draft prospects in coming years. He's basically the prototype of what you want in the NBA, a mold that has a mold that comes to mind that is so coveted by the NBA. Um, what else did it say? Sorry, I've, I've read, I'm rereading this and it looks a little rough. I might have to fix that before we post it. But uh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, no, basically just told me he's like, he's a top five pick. Like, this man could pull the Derek Lively thing and probably still go top five. Like, he's, I don't think he's going to. I don't think anyone thinks he's going to, but he could still, he's just that good. Like, it's insane. Um, and his skill set, they, they, everyone raves about that guard, guard-like skill set. He has the ball on basically a string as a 6'10", 200-pound, like, forward. It's, it's freaky to watch. He, he's legitimately Kevin Durant-esque. Um, I, the scout didn't say that part. I'm saying that part, but it's just he's so that's that's my first time watching him in person. He's just so he's so fucking good. Like it's <laughs> it's sweet sixteen minimum. Like I'm 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 guaranteeing that now after watching these two. Like it's then you you partner them. Uh, I don't even want to get I'm getting ahead of myself. You partner them with everyone else that's going to be in that class plus some returning guys, and it's like holy yeah, shit, it's <laughs> it's going to be a big year. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, what did, what do those uh, draft scouts have to say about Dylan? Um, Harper is that dude. He has that it factor in him. Uh, his development with his physicality and athleticism in recent months have been the separator as far as his upside and improving his ceiling. Uh, the shot will remain the primary question mark, but I, I don't really question it after watching the second half. I thought he was yeah. on point. He was hitting deep three pointers, and I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, mm-hmm. anyway, um, it's the easiest portion of his game to nitpick because he's progressed everywhere else. Um, he's also shown the ability to play some off-ball now, too. Uh, a lot would have to go wrong over the next year if we're not talking about Dylan Harper as a top-10 pick in 365 days from now. Wow. Huge so, praise for both those guys. Top-10 pick. Top 10 pick. <laughs> yeah, like, and those are, those are, when they say those things, it's like the conservative estimate, like a floor. I have no doubt in my mind that if, Either of those, if both those guys have the years we're expecting, uh, I think they'll both probably be top five picks. I think Ace will probably go two or mm-hmm. three. I know that you said there was another quote about uh, Cooper Flag, how he's, you know, what what was the quote about, you know, the only situation where he's not the number one pick? <laughs> Basically, um, I, I was asking around, I was like, you really think Cooper's like number one, like no matter what? And he said, Cooper Flag have to die in order for someone else to take over that number one spot and i'm just like <laughs> jesus like you don't have to say it like that but yeah it, it is uh it is what it is but yeah no i mean i i didn't get to see cooper unfortunately i wish i would have because uh you know, he didn't play that day but and i had to get back for, for signing day and ask some really tough questions there but uh <laughs> yeah no it's uh he's he's just cooper's that good apparently and i i kind of agree his body and his play style are great but ace is is right there like i think it's closer than people think but for some reason i i'm in the minority there yeah i think with the 24 uh draft class i mean not the the class that dylan and ace are a part of high school wise but this upcoming Mm -hmm. draft it sounds like it's going to be pretty weak through everything i've heard so uh this 25 draft class which is the one ace and dylan probably will be a part of if everything goes well um, we'll get even more hype because it'll be like the, you know, wait till next year type guys. And then mm-hmm. they'll list two or three guys and probably be uh, our two or three at close to the top of that list. So very excited that. for that. I can't wait. It's going to be bonkers, like crazy. Yeah. Um, but moving on, we had a very interesting article get dropped yesterday at 8 a.m. Um, right after signing day. Uh, it was from Keith Sargent, who you most Rutgers fans will know. He used to be on the Rutgers beat uh, for a long time, and recently he left the beat to be an investigative reporter um, and cover you know more variety of topics. Uh, but he still, I guess, keeps uh, keeps in touch with different 
sports related things. Um, I, I don't know what the impetus of this article was, but he had been writing it for months. Apparently he started in the summer about Rutgers NIL woes. And I think he titled it NIL um, and some kind of acronym. Uh, hold on. Uh, name, image, and lagging behind. Yeah, name, image, and lagging behind, um, where he quoted a bunch of different individuals, uh, both on the record and off the record, to talk about Rutgers' situation in NIL. Um, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about this. There's people from, like John Newman has come out and said this is a very accurate assessment of where the situation is for Rutgers' NIL situation. Um, just from the people I've talked to, they've said that, you know, a lot of what was said in the article is factually accurate, but I think contextually it loses uh, a lot of its teeth when you kind of juxtapose it against what's just happened in the last, I don't know, three weeks with Rutgers NIL situation. Because on the heels of losing Cam Spencer and Paul Mulcahy due basically to NIL reasons, which in my opinion is probably where this idea kind of germinated. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. Rutgers must really be struggling because you hear, you hear these things. But when you have that tangible evidence where it's like, we lost Cam, we lost Paul because of NIL, that's when you can start to kind of you know, actually see action and start to see fans annoyed by it. But when you just hear people kind of saying NIL is not great, NIL is not great, but there's nothing that has consequences because of it, it's tough to really take it seriously. Um, so I think that's probably where the article's starting point was. Um, and the ending point kind of fell flat for me because we just landed Dylan Harper, who Got an NIL deal with Fanatics, which I'm sure, uh, well, I'm not going to say I'm sure, but I have a hard time believing that there was no knowledge about from Rutgers about the NIL situation in his recruitment. Um, we just brought back 10 senior starters, largely due to NIL, to bring them back where they would normally would have transferred or gone to the NFL. And so to put the article out without even mentioning either of those things, I feel like is a huge disservice and it shows kind of where the article was slanted and biased. Um, mm -hmm. What was your take on, on the article in general? Um, I, I don't understand why people are attacking Pat Hobbs. I don't get it. It makes no sense. There's literally a quote in that article that says like, well, I, you know what? Let me start from this. We know that some people on the beat are really against Pat Hobbs for some reason. I don't get it. I don't know the reasoning. I don't, I think Pat Hobbs is one of the better ADs in the big 10. I think he's one. He's the best Rutgers. And look what happened when you have a shit AD. Look at Joey Herman. Absolute shit show. Mess. Just gone. Yeah. Um, How long did we talk about building facilities at Rutgers without anything getting done? Uh, look at, um, what do you call it? They, didn't, they were one of like two uh, basketball, or not basketball, two FBS, I don't know, high major, mid major, that mm -hmm. didn't have a practice facility. They literally practice at the rack along with gymnastics, along with wrestling. Yep. They'd have to split time. Basketball would be practicing over here while another team practices over here. And it, it was a fucking shit show. And you got that building done. Now soccer, you got a whole facility there. Uh, lacrosse is, is on, on their way to getting a facility as well. Um, football. Football's got a brand new practice facility. Remember Chris Ash when he came here? And he was like, hey, I, I walked in and what do you call it? There was tickets and stuff in shipping containers. Was it Chris Ash? Yeah. I think it was Chris Ash. Yeah, I think so. And he was talking about how the, there was literally a shipping container outside the football facility. And that's where they stored their equipment right next to the tickets, right next to this, right next to like water bottles and all kinds of shit. And it was, it was a dump. Yeah. There's no way around. It was a dump. And now Pat Hobbs has turned it around. 
On top of that, he's he's raised what three hundred million. It says in this article towards capital projects to support Rutgers athletes in eight years. Number one, number two, the whole NIL slant. There wasn't donors beforehand. You think all of a sudden now there's going to be donors because kids are getting paid? Like, no, it's going to be the yeah. same thing. Like, and then on top of that, there's there's a lot of old heads who are against NIL. Like, it's just it's the way it is. You got to try to convince those guys. But if you read an article, Pat Hobbs says he is having a weekly meeting on NIL related um, stuff. I don't know what that stuff entails. I don't think we'll ever know, but he's trying. Like, he's not. It's not like he's not trying. Like, I want to know what more people want him to do. Maybe do what Fran Brown did. You see what he did? What did he do? He tweeted, instead of announcing his signees yesterday, he tweeted out multiple times throughout the day saying, hey, we need help. We need help NIL. Donate to this one. Donate to this one. Donate to this one. I think there's only two of them, actually. But he, he sent out like over 15 tweets just saying, hey, donate to NIL. Donate to NIL. Then like 4 p.m. hit. He's like, all right, now we'll announce our signees. Because they know that's the biggest day for recruiting. Anyone that follows recruiting is going to follow you on Twitter. And we, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait till they announce. I'm going to check his Twitter. I'm going to put notifications on. You get notifications constantly about Fran Brown tweeting about NIL, about how you can yeah. donate. That's something they need to do in the future. I think that was the most genius move they've. That's a genius move overall. And maybe I don't know. Get go be more vocal about it. Like I get like Greg's doing a lot of the work, but that's he's also the figurehead. Like that's who they're not gonna. Hey, if you, I want to go get a football player, I want to hear it from Greg. I don't want to hear it from Pat. No offense, but yeah. I don't know. I'm the whole article pissed me off. Yeah, I think. I think there are shades of truth to some of it, but not all of it. Um, I do think that Pat has been cautious with his approach to NIL since yeah. it was instituted. Um, I think he's, ha- yeah, he's had to be pushed a little bit to really get on board, but I think he is now fully on board. Like you look, he hires Reed Zach, who's now the uh, NIL GM for Rutgers, mm-hmm. who I can tell you from sources that, you know, Reed Zach has been kind of hit the ground running with the NIL approach to Rutgers. They have been very proactive since he came on to really kind of get things in order and mobilize. So I do think there's going to be a lot of movement with Rutgers NIL situation in 2024. Um, now, some people will say, well, we lost out on X amount of years of being, you know, cutting edge front of the line. I think even if we were the most aggressive school regarding NIL, the problem will still fall back to what you said in your argument is that Rutgers has had a problem generating donors donors forever. Um, And there's only one thing that's going to change that. And that's winning. You've seen it with basketball. You know, how many sellouts a year would they have under Fred Hill, under Eddie Jordan, under Mike Rice? Handful. There were a few games people would get up for. Seton Hall would sell out, you know, if a top 10 team would come to town, you know, most of the tickets would get sold. But it wasn't until Pykele really started getting the ball rolling, knocking off you know, ranked teams regularly, beating number one, that Tiny things two. really started yeah. to kind of turn around. You see recruiting jumping up now. You mm-hmm. see facilities getting upgraded and built. That's only because he, that program's winning, and you're starting to see it with Shiano. The, the donations will come when the program's winning. And mm-hmm. you can see it from your own perspective. Like, TKR, you, you weren't running it at the time, but it had it had the most subscribers back when the 2006 season happened, and that's because there was success. Like, yeah, it's and you, you're seeing just, an uptick now again because they're mm-hmm. being they're good, they're good at basketball yes. and football. Now it's like, oh, okay, here we go. 
So you, you want to get all that infrastructure in line for when there is that successful season to take advantage of it. And I think that's kind of what they're doing now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm fine with the content of the article, but to not add the context of everything that's happened in the last month is just so dumb because I feel yeah. like the entire article was written over a span of several months with a specific premise and they only really focused on things that went along with that central premise, which was Rutgers is struggling with NIL. Mm-hmm. Let's not ignore, let's ignore all the other stuff that's happening. Let's cause Ace Bailey has been committed this entire time. The article has been researched and he wasn't even mentioned in the article. And you think we're getting a top 10 recruit in the country in basketball without having NIL set up for him? I think not. So I basketball just think there was the slimiest of the slimy. Hey, they, there's I, more money thrown around there than anything else. I just think there were some flaws in the article that weren't addressed and that were slanted against Rutgers. I don't have any problem really with a lot of the content. It's just not adding the context of other things that happened while the article was re- being written and specifically some of the recruits that we landed that we would not land in the old school era. Like there's no way we're landing Ace Bailey and Dylan Harper back in the days where it was all under the table crap because the cheating schools would win because you couldn't offer anything as a small school. You would get mm-hmm. caught and you would get hung out to dry while the Kentuckys and you know every other school like yeah. them would be able to get off scot-free. There's, there's also the quote that I thought was kind of hilarious, and this goes back to what you're saying. They needed to update the article. So this yeah. was made months in advance. All three insiders were in agreement. Rutgers NIL cash on hand likely won't be enough to stave off rival programs from poaching Shiano's roster. Name one guy in the transfer portal currently that Rutgers wanted to keep. You can't. They all returned. Yep. Yep. And you know yeah, who? And that's because of KTR. <laughs> yep. So they had the money. That's just the, they had the, wrong the money. Quote. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's such a flawed premise also because there is nobody in the entire world who knows the resources Rutgers has available to them in terms of NIL for the football program, except Greg Schiano. Yeah. He is the one who has everything because, you know, while we have KTR and there's some kind of uh, idea of what we're getting from there, we have no idea who Greg's top donors and his, you know, the, the rich boosters that he, well, yeah, we have no (laughs) idea what, what he's asking of them and what they're willing to commit to. And like, I'm sure that there were instances of like certain players who Greg knew we had a chance with, but we needed to have a competitive NIL offer. Mm-hmm. And he would go to them and say, Hey, we got this kid, but I'm going to be honest. We need to come up with at least this because this school is offering this, this school is offering that, and we need to have a competitive offer. So how can you help mm-hmm. me out with this? And I'm sure those conversations happen. Yeah. So the money, and I've said this before, the money's never there with the Rutgers until it's there. Like when you need it and you can, you know, have some kind of argument to get it, that's when the money typically comes. Like with the the assistant pool, like you're not telling me that Greg didn't, you know, say, you know, to hell with what my pool says. I need a new X or I need to keep this guy. I need X more. And it happens just because, you know, that money in his contract says he gets this much doesn't necessarily mean that's the way it plays out. And I think it's the same with NIL. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody might say, I'm done. I can't give you any more. But then you come back to him a month later, you say, hey, I know you, we talked last time. You said you couldn't really help out anymore, but this is what we got now. This kid's going to come here, but we need to be competitive. And yeah. I think those conversations happen. So just because we don't have the blank check of a Texas A&M, the blank check of a Miami, mm-hmm. you know, the blank check of an Oregon, doesn't mean that we can't come up with the money if we need it. 
Yeah. And that's, I mean, the, the thing that really bothered me with all this is like, someone was telling me that like, they, they needed uh, Pat Hobbs, like Pat Hobbs, why is he being the scapegoat number one? But someone was saying he needs to be more vocal. And I'm like, I, I don't really understand how much more vocal you can get. He said it on our podcast. We clipped it. We posted it. He's posted it on Twitter. He said it every interview he does. He talks about KTR and Night Society. Um, and then also, like, they're complaining that Greg has to do a lot of this NIL raising. But at the end of the day, coaches have a lot more reach than an, a an AD does. And that's everywhere. That's not just football or basketball. Like, again, back to what I was saying. Like, if I'm going, if Kentucky's trying to reach out to me about NIL, do you think I, I know? I don't even know who the AD is at Kentucky. Like, yeah, Cal I exactly. want to hear from Calipari. Calipari's going to yep. be like, hey, like, man, if you could help me out a little more, I can get this this Cliff Amori guy from Roselle Catholic. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I can't, man. But if you know what, screw it. Here's, here's a little bit more money. Like they have, they just have, I'd rather talk to the coach than the AD. I've never understood yep. that. And again, it's not like the AD is not doing anything. He, he's doing something like he's meeting once a week. He hired a GM, like he's trying and maybe he didn't at first. And maybe that's where this article stems from months ago. He wasn't doing anything. But the fact that like all people are trying to like oust him makes no sense to me. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Again, the article I thought had some uh, some flaws to it, but overall, uh, I don't necessarily disagree with some of the content in the article. Um, also, did you see Politi's tweet about it? I what love Steve. Timely because the football program just lost a pair of portal targets to Illinois. One of those targets, let's be honest, he was probably the guy that Greg was talking about where he came to bowl practice and said, fuck, this is hard. I don't want to do this. <laughs> yep. And it's also the guy that shit-talked Rockers previously. Yeah, um, not a. I I was never a fan of going after that kid again because of what he did as a high school recruit. But if we, were, yeah, if we we're gonna land him, that's fine. But the the Anthony Anthony Johnson uh, missing out on him hurt a little bit. Uh, it sounded like he was leaning towards Rutgers until uh, the final moments there. And that's gonna happen regardless if you have the money or not. Maybe, yep. maybe for all we know, maybe Rutgers is like, hey, he came back to Rutgers and was like, hey, I have this amount on the, on the table from Illinois and Rutgers looking fuck it we'll find a DT somewhere else yeah that very well could have happened an FCS DT I don't even know where you, are Youngstown State Pennsylvania small school uh, that's Ohio good. Ohio any good um, I think historically they've had some deep runs in the uh, the playoffs in the no. FCS but I don't think that they were good recently no I think you can find a DT elsewhere especially if he's going to get what three four hundred K it's like I'll find someone else for a hell of a lot cheaper yeah, exactly. So, whatever. Anyway. Uh, mo yeah, moving on. Yeah, we we have a game uh, tomorrow against Mississippi State. It's going to be played at the Prudential Center in Newark. Uh, Mississippi State is arguably maybe not the best team we've played so far on the schedule, but if not the best, the second best behind Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of give you a rundown. Mississippi State is ranked 32nd in Bart Torvik's rankings. They're ranked 40th in the net. They're ranked 32nd in Ken Palm. So given that this is a neutral site game, this would be a quad one win if Rutgers was able to pull off the, uh, the upset here. Their first quad one win? Yeah, if they get yeah. this. Because Seton Hall hasn't yeah. really moved. The Seton Hall victory is close. Uh, especially with their win over UConn this week. I think they're in the 70s somewhere. So if they're in the top mm -hmm. 75 as a road win, that counts as a Q1 win. So nice. you just got to hope Seton Hall continues to uh, do better and not fall apart down the stretch. 
uh, with some kind of cliff notes about Mississippi State. Um, they aren't a very good three-point shooting team, but they do shoot a lot of threes. They shoot at about 30% mm-hmm. uh, as a team. They play elite defense. They're uh, 10, right? By most metrics, they're in the top 10, top 15, but they actually don't force a lot of turnovers. So they're just really good at um, just affecting shots and holding teams to uh, you know low field goal percentages. Mm-hmm. They play a lot of players. They have 10 guys who are averaging 10-plus minutes per game. Uh, they're 12th in college basketball and bench scoring at um, over 35 points a game. Uh, I do think that the coach has said recently that they're trying to kind of trim down the rotation. So they only played about eight guys in the last game against Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Um, their best offensive player in terms of numbers this year is a guy named Josh Hubbard. He's averaging 16 points a game on just 30, 24 minutes a game. He's also their only good three-point shooter. He's shooting over 40% from three and has made almost 40% of Michigan, uh, Mississippi State's three-pointers. Uh, no other Bulldog averages double-digit scoring. Uh, he's also a great free-throw shooter, uh, but he's an undersized freshman at 5'10", 185. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mississippi State will be out without their star big man named Tolu Smith, who hasn't played at all this season due, of, due to Huge. a foot injury he suffered this offseason. And he hasn't been practicing, so he won't be playing in Sunday or Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a team they got some good length, on the wings, they do have a decent uh, secondary big man, but uh, they don't have a ton behind him. So if we can get him into foul trouble, um, I, I expect Rutgers to be able to, to win this game. Uh, but they play a similar style as Rutgers. They, yeah. it's like going to be probably a rock fight. Um, what's what's kind of your uh, take on how this game might go, Rich? Um, it's going to be low scoring. Uh, for starters, um, I was actually shocked to see Rutgers having the higher ranked offense. I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. Uh, but I, I think Rutgers should be able to win this. But when you count out the big man and Toto Smith being out, Rutgers having a good big man in Cliff Amore, that number one just should help Rutgers. And then if you look at their schedule, they're not like good, to be honest. Their best wins against Northwestern, who's, who's a pretty good team this year. They're probably similar to Rutgers in terms of uh, net rankings. But they've also lost a Q3 and a Q4 game. And they lost to a Georgia Tech team who I actually think is really underrated for the ACC this year. And uh, a little, little stab in the heart there for Rutgers fans because Bay Nadongo looks damn good. Um, so I guess um, I'll say this for everyone. Uh, fuck you, Carl Hobbs. Um, <laughs> but they also lost to a Southern team. That's not good. They also beat Murray State, who's 256 in the net, by four points last week. Like, they're, I don't think they're that good of a team. and. I think it's going to be weird because it's a neutral site. And usually, if it's if this is a home game, I almost could guarantee Rutgers would probably pull this one off just because of the atmosphere at the rack. But based on the fact that it sounds like tickets really aren't being sold as much as they expected for this one, and the fact that it's a neutral site Saturday afternoon right before Christmas, um, I don't know if there's really going to be any students there. I mean, there, there will be, obviously, but not a large contingent of students. Um, and people need to get their shopping done and shit before Monday. So I, I really don't think this is going to be a crazy environment. And I think that hurts Rutgers a bit, but I think they should be able to pull this one off, but it's going to be like an ugly, ugly game. Because like one team shoots 30% from three, the next shoots 26% from three. It's like the battle of who can hit the 55 point mark first. We'll yeah, it'll be ugly that, but... for sure. Um, I do expect yeah. it to be a pseudo Rutgers home game, mm-hmm. despite it being a neutral site game. I don't yeah. expect many Mississippi state fans to uh, be making the trek 
up north two days before uh, Christmas for this one. That'd be a move. Um, it would be a move. And I think one small edge Rutgers has is they played at the Rock already this year. They know what the court's mm-hmm. like. They know what the rims are like. I know that sounds kind of dumb, but uh, no, it, it matters. It does, yeah. Um, so I, I also expect Rutgers to win. I don't see a line out for this game yet, um, but I will probably be putting a bet in on Rutgers before the game uh, tomorrow. I I'd bet the under, no matter what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I, whatever. Twenty six percent from three from Mississippi State is god awful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wild. Um. So we went through a lot here, Rich. Is there anything you wanted to hit on before we head out today? Um, Rutgers signed their best recruiting class in the 2.0 era of Greg Schiano, so that was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty good, pretty good offseason for the Scarlet Knights, considering they don't have NIL and they retain their entire roster, and they actually managed to get some kids who have NIL agents already too. Kind of weird. Um, but yeah, besides the point. Um, no, I mean, uh, just a good week for Rutgers. Uh, next week's um, Christmas. I I know we're probably not going to record Christmas Day. I would hope not. Um, still waiting on a couple transfer names. Um, specifically the uh Manis. I think I got that mm-hmm. one right finally. It took me a while. I even got, I don't know if you saw the press conference. I got Farrell Nagago. Naga, Naga, damn, I can't do it now. Nagao, <laughs> I, I had it perfectly. And Greg's like, Yeah, you got it right. I was like, Oh, wait, wait, seriously? Like, holy shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, so yeah, I mean, next week is a big game for Rutgers football. And then, um, if you haven't already, buy tickets to the battle. The battle official is the 29th. It's the day after Rutgers football. So uh, it's going to be, what, four games, five games, featuring Lathan Somerville, Ace Bailey, Dylan Harper. There's also a couple other big names, like UNC commit. Ian Jackson is going to be there with his team. I think he's like a top 10 kid. Um, I forget who else. Uh, I don't have the exact list of games in front of me, but it's going to be awesome. And I was just telling you off the pod, I plan on sitting in the rack for about, First game's at 2, and the last game's at 8. I don't think I'm leaving the rack from 1 to, like, 10, 9.30 maybe. <laughs> like, I'm not moving. Um, yeah. I might just, just sit there and watch high school basketball all day, and we'll finally get to be able to record because I was pissed about that. I love the NBA. I love my Brooklyn Nets. But what the hell? I couldn't even record a single thing. If you get, get caught recording, they were kicking people out of the City of Palms. Uh, I was like, Jesus, like. This one, I think, is going to be streamed now, I believe. I'm not sure. And if it's not, I'm, I'm going to stream it from my phone. So I hope you're following us on YouTube or subscribing on YouTube. Yeah, you won't be moving the whole time. You'll finally get to use those adult diapers you've been talking about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I'll be nice. Yeah, very hyped. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just anyway, uh, you but... Brought uh, up, go on. Sorry. You, you brought up uh, Ethan Kaliak-Manis. Do you have any update there as to you know what's going on with his recruitment? Or is this just kind of... We can see. <clears throat> Based on everything we were told, it's even before the visit, even following the visit, it's a done deal. It's just a matter of when. Um, we know Greg is very strategic with these type things, so he's going to want to announce it on a good day. So maybe you build off that bowl win hype that you, you should win. I'm not saying they're going to, but you should win, considering they're down there like their third string quarterback. Um, yeah. And we saw what happens with third string quarterbacks yesterday at Syracuse. Um, tight yep. end quarterback? I don't know. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, Syracuse lost 45 to nothing to USF, an AC, an AC team. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they're doing great. Power power six, baby. Or power five, yeah. I guess now. Uh, weird. Um, I don't know if I could say that. Maybe power four. We'll just we'll cut that conference out. Um, 
Yeah, we don't talk about the AAC anymore in uh, Rutgers territory. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you build off that bull hype. I think you get the win, and then maybe the day or two after, it's, uh, you let, you, maybe you let Dylan Harper and East Bailey get that next day after, and then like the weekend hits again, and you're like, they're not talking about Rutgers enough. Commit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he, he's very good with that type of stuff, so I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him try to build off a, a bull game win and then post that. Yeah, I know a lot of people been asking about it, so I just wanted to, to oh, get yeah. your opinion oh. on the uh, on the record here. Those uh, those on. threads on our board about about him are are fun. They tell you your board. Yeah, they totally stay on topic and yeah. don't go into weird places. But sh- yeah, yeah. Um, you're bored and just want to argue with people. I mean, just sign up. <laughs> that seems to be what most people do. Uh, yeah. But all right, guys. Well, anyway, uh, if we don't have another pod. Uh, before well, we won't so i'm just putting it out there i hope everyone has a happy holiday merry christmas whatever you celebrate or don't or don't celebrate uh enjoy most of you years times off because i'm sure most of you will not be working that day but if you are condolences uh but for me and richie and everybody at tkr uh this has been another edition of the Court podcast Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.